welcome to the Contractor's Best Friend Podcast. I'm Brad Humphrey, your host, and we're sponsored today by Caterpillar and ForConstructionPros.com. In fact, today I'll be joined with three experts in their field. Jason Hurtis, Caterpillar's Global Market Professional. Lonnie Fritz, the Senior Market Professional who specializes in construction industries. And Scott Hageman, Senior Market Professional with his specialty in grade control technology. Guys, how are we doing today? Good, Brad. Thanks for having us. Doing very well, Doing good. Today is uh, certainly a topic that's dear to my heart, as you guys know, but it, we're calling it Take Time for Training. We've, we've talked about training here and there in, in other podcasts, and certainly any of those can be, can be looked at and listened to. But I'd really love to get your ideas because I, I, I sometimes believe I'm too close to it. Um, and I'm going to ask you a, kind of a provocative first question just to kind of open up our heads a little bit. How would you describe, guys, be honest with me, how would you describe the state of training for most contractors today? You know, Brad, uh, statistically speaking, as the statistics show, whether it be a lower um, adoption of technology, it also is paired up with um, a lower focus or a uh, lower priority on training yeah. um, than other industries. When we just benchmark against other industries that are out there, um, there's opportunities here. Um, you know, lots of times I think we really expect employees to be competent at their task. You know, it's, it's very simple. It's, it's, it's looting, you know, it's, it's just grading or, or raking out the asphalt, you know, or it's connecting pipe, tarring up pipe, putting a band around a corrugated metal pipe, all those different things that some of us is, managers, at least past manager in the field, take for granted, um, we may be able to stumble through the task. But again, that task training, technical training, um, especially on technology and, and, and just the fundamentals. So if we start with those fundamentals, whether it be earth moving, underground utilities, you know, how to properly mm -hmm. pothole a utility to do it safely so we don't right. get hurt in doing it. Um, there's a lot of opportunity out there. We've talked in other podcasts. There's a lot of free training. Yeah. Develop a curriculum that fits the scope of your work. Go out there and, and attract those resources. Hire a consultant if you need to, because it's going to pay you dividends in the end. Yeah. A lot of customers are doing this really well. Take advantage of a rainy day. Take advantage of being in a snow state and it's January and you're coming back. Bring your bring your field personnel in for training. That's when we used to do ours here in Illinois because it was the winter time. That's when we got through all those training and took advantage. Boy, that's good advice. Jason, can you add anything to that from your perspective? I think I'd give our industry overall a, a pretty solid C plus in this area. I think for the most part, people are aware of it and try to do a very good job. Um, some do it a lot better than, than others. Um, there's always room for improvement. Mm -hmm. um, we're never uh, to date, you know, I've had a year where we've had zero safety incidences. So, mm -hmm. you know, to me, that would be the A plus market. And until we get there, I think we're going to hover around the, you know, the C plus range. Yeah. The processes are changing. The technology, as Lonnie just mentioned, is is kind of changing it. That's coming in wicked fast. And you got to be able to improvise, adapt, and and train on that. The machines are getting smarter. The people as we've talked about are changing. You know, the guys that grew up on the farms and, you know, knew not to stick your finger in a rotating drive shaft. Those, <laughs> you know, those people are, are it's a little bit different. So the training yeah. today has to be different for the, yeah. the, the people as well. So uh, again, I don't want to say that we're, you know, we're failing again. I think holistically we're pretty safe as an industry, but we can always do better. 
Yeah, it is, it, it is entering you know, safety when it entered into our industry probably 20, 25 years ago. It really was taken with a little bit more seriousness than I saw uh, in, previous to that, some of the other programs. Scott, I don't want to cut you out on this because I think it's important, especially with your focus on the grade control technology. Again, you know, just technology alone suggests that there's got to probably have to be some kind of training. Any thoughts that you have uh, that what the kind of the state of our contractors as, you're, as you see it from training? Once again, Brad, I think we have some contractors that do a very, very good job of this. Unfortunately, I do see sometimes they're pushed into getting started, whether it's an OSHA fine or their insurance company is going to offer them a special discount. But when they get in there and they see that the value that they get from spending a little bit time, they almost kick themselves and wish they would have done it sooner. But to your grade control aspect there, some of our new systems actually have a grade control display that's a tablet. So this is not just a 100% grade control device. This is a tablet that you could load videos up. You can have, you have cameras on them. You can do a lot of safety aspects just with this tablet where you can take the tablet out and you can show a video and have a safety briefing real fast at the beginning of the shift where you don't have to send everybody to a job trailer or into the office. Right. So I think just little tidbits like that would help out. And, and, and do help out. Sometimes we just need to push ourselves to force ourselves to do it and then see the value after we do it. I think that's great advice. I know, Lonnie, building on even something you said earlier is that, you know, we really do know that there are contractors who, you know, when there comes a rainy day, they are not prepared to be able to do some of that training. But let me ask you, you guys another another perspective on this, because I do think it's it's relative to the generation that we have or the generations, I should say, that we have. But not just the younger generation, because I've seen, you know, men and women in their 50s and 60s in this industry, some even older, who are using tablets and those kind of things. But with computers and smartphones and tablets, obviously, they're going to continue to escalate in our industry. What training might you guys recommend uh, that more contractors maybe need to be you know, made to do with their workforce if they're going to be competitive moving forward? We don't look at training sometimes from a competitive standpoint. But statistically, you know, Alana, you, you mentioned statistics a little while ago. I've got statistics that show that for the millennials, I don't have it on the Generation Z yet, but on millennials, that if they're not getting trained with sometimes within the first 90 days, they may be a real candidate to leave your company. So, so how, can we, how, how can we use this new technology like smartphones and tablets? How should that play in the way we're going to train our people? Yeah, so many, many different answers to your question here, Brad. One, looking at the uh, the new generation of workers, again, very advanced in the technology. They are looking for engagement. They are looking for the how they can progress through the hierarchy. What are those opportunities for me? And how can I use technology to basically climb that corporate ladder, be involved, have a voice, and be embedded into the program and into that organization? How can we use technology? Um, at first, it goes to, you know, where is your workforce currently? What is the baseline within your organization? 
optimization within your company when it comes to the hardware as well as the software. So train on the device, train on the software. It's not necessarily just the machine. Yes, understand the machine. It can be the estimating department. You know, there's a lot of spreadsheets out there, still some napkins out there and some pencils um, for estimating and bidding. So look at the softwares that are available and bring those in and and train on them. Leverage the product providers. Um, When it does get to the machine and training in general, um, train on those machine operational best practices, how to set the machine up properly, how to use it, um, train on the machine features. Again, the technology, something we haven't mentioned yet is, is after treatment. You know, I know this may be getting a little bit away from smartphones and tablets and computers, but at the same time, there is so much onboard technology on these machines, such as yeah. the electronic control modules and the after treatment system that has taken that information train on how to properly shut down the machine so it does not cause failures later on. So training as a very broad umbrella, a lot of opportunities. When we look at the technology, again, cross-train. Take those that are comfortable with it, bringing back the millennials and Gen Z, help them, and they do it today, whether it be drones or a rover with a grade control, they're the ones that have that in their hands and bring that into the generation that preceded them to again, cross train and get the full value of implementing those things into your organization. I just wanna follow up and end here with the last word of your question was competitive. Yeah. Adopt today or potentially be extinguished tomorrow. That's powerful. <laughs> I'm just, I, I hate to say it this way, but I will tell you that I've seen contractors who have wondered why they went out of business, but they couldn't hire anybody. You know, they just did the, the, the people, the younger people came to work, found out very quickly that this contractor, you know, they didn't have a plan for training. And, and you know, 30 years ago, we didn't even think about that. We're, we're, we're not living 30 years ago. Today's market says that most of employees, and this is encur- this ought to be encouraging the contractors listening to this. And, I, and I'll go on the record and say, I do think that many of our younger candidates who want to work, who thinking of coming into the construction industry, I think they want to learn. And uh, now, how we approach that learning probably is going to have to be along the lines that they're getting current learning from, which is use of technology. It's still a people business, but we do have to use technology. I want to I want to move us forward a little bit. And Jason, Jason, I want to set you up with this. And Scott, you listen because I want you to follow up on this as well. If you had a contractor who came to you and said, "All right, you're the expert on this. What should be the first five, four, five, six topics that I should train my?" project leaders, whether that be foremen, superintendents, PMs. I mean, if you could nail four or five topics, what do you think we ought to be training guys and gals on in the leadership role? I think it starts people, processes, products, and applications. And it should be in that order. You know, train on the people, understand how your people want to be trained, what you need to do to train the people to make sure that they understand the products, the processes, and the applications. Then move to the products themselves, as Lonnie kind of mentioned. You know, how does this new wheel loader operate? What are the pros and cons? What are the technologies? Processes holistically of the job, of the company itself. You know, how how do you request more training? How do you give feedback on the training? And then the applications. So what is, what are you actually doing on the job today? What are you gonna be doing on the job next week? I think if any supervisor, crew foreman, manager, you know, nails the, the people training, process training, product and applications, I think they're going to be a leg up on everybody else. Yeah, I agree with that. Scott, can you add anything? 
Yeah, Brad, in a previous podcast, you talked about having the organization to be able to pull the trigger when needed for some types of these trainings based on rainy days, things of that sort. Right. right. So I, I like to go, what's the outcome? What's the end result? What do we want to train our people on? And then kind of work backwards yeah. and keep it, keep it basic. Um, you know, I, I had one supervisor that told me that if we get you comfortable training gear, PPE, safety glasses, earplugs, gloves, steel-toed boots that feel comfortable, there's a good chance you're going to use those more often. And let's not just use those until 3, 30, 4 o'clock. Let's use those when we go home and the weekends when we're working in the yard and things of that sort because we safety doesn't quit at the end of the day there. Um, yes. I love the way you said that because you're right. Uh, you know, a lot of these uh, workers that we have, uh, they, they almost tend to throw things out the window. But we need to remind them, hey, guys, things we're training you on here, it works at home too. Yes, 100%. The other thing that I, I'd like to bring up is know your environment. So in case we have a situation where we need to call for some assistance, we can't get on the phone and say to the dispatcher, yep, I'm at the new Costco job site. You know, they might not know that Costco is building a new store in the north end of town. So let's have some placards with some identified addresses or coordinates, even if we need to call in, you know, a, an, a helicopter, you know, a life flight for some reason. But just have some things set up that you're not scrambling, trying to figure out where you're at, even though the phones nowadays can ping and things of that sort. But let's let's take the best opportunity to get the safety individuals to us the fastest that we can. Yeah, I think that's good. I, I want to maybe maybe begin to wrap up this this topic because it's so critical. I mean, again, <laughs> I guess what topic haven't we talked about that we could go on and on about, but I will share with you that I do think it's challenging for many contractors. And so I want to encourage those of you that are listening that if you're a contractor who is either A, just getting started, or B, you just kind of need to do a review and a revamp on what you're doing, um, you got to put training into that. And certainly training involves safety and, 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 and those kind of things, which is primal for us. But we also need to just basically train. And I, I know that, Lonnie, I've heard you say this several times. Let's just keep it simple. Um, you know, if you have a smaller organization, what kind of work do you do before you go out to a job site? Uh, do you go out and actually kind of see what the job site looks like? What, what what training might we have to do because we need to adapt to that job site? Um, I, in my own business years ago, you know, guys that were interested in learning how to run that, you know, that the, the piece of equipment, uh, we didn't learn it necessarily only on the job. We, I sometimes would set up in the backyard for these guys to be able to learn how to run a bobcat or a, or a backhoe, that type of thing, and, or on Saturday mornings. But uh, because even then we, we really valued safety. Hey, hopefully this has been a helpful topic to you. And uh, there, there is no bad time for training. I know that once this weather clears up for some of you in different parts of the country, when the weather's clear, you want to work. And it's just really hard to bring in. I think the days of the traditional classroom training are probably almost over for most of us. It's certainly a large majority of it is. So please go back and listen to this podcast again. You may get inspired with some of the ideas that came from Jason, Lonnie, and Scott. We thank him for their time. Guys, thank you for listening to this. Uh, the gals and the guys out there that are contract that are leaders, please listen. We put these things to work for you. We want to be uh, providers of good information for you to help you in your business. Best of luck moving forward. Don't want to miss a podcast? Sign up for alerts on the Contractor's Best Friend webpage on forconstructionpros.com. Contractor's Best Friend.